This is Andy Purawal for Boxing Social in association with Betfred, and I'm delighted to be joined by John Doherty over Zoom. John, first and foremost, how are you doing? I'm doing all good. Um, just watching an episode of Prison Break, so um, as I'm in camp, so I'm not doing much really, just chilling really today, day off today. <laughs> it's a day off, but obviously you're only a matter of days away from being able to get back into the ring now, John. Um, are you surprised at all that you've been able to get back in so quickly after obviously previously fighting at Fight Camp? Yeah, definitely. I didn't think I was going to fight this year, um, but obviously I've got a good team around me and Tony Sims and Charles and that um, got in contact with um, Eddie and got me on the show. I mean, um, I didn't think I was going to be out before the end of the year, no, but um, thankful I've got a good team around me and they've got me out. Do you know what I mean? There's obviously there's a lot of excitement building around you, John. Obviously, on the back of um, your performance in fight camp as well, it's continued to build. Is this the right step up now for you in Jack Cullen? I know originally you was meant to face Jack Armfield, but do you feel that this is kind of another good indicator as to where your career is going? Yeah, definitely. Um, but I know what the excuse is going to be after I beat him or knock him out. Um, is he was he's just moved up for middleweight and um, he had a bad performance against actually. I mean, there's always them. Um, them, them, them signs on after you knock somebody out or beat somebody well, do you know what I mean? So I've just got them all coming, do you know what I mean? Um, but listen, it is a good step up to what I've been fighting and um, my last performance was quite a bad performance to be fair with you and um, I needed to do a lot of rights, what I've done wrong in my last fight and um, I've been back in the gym and I've uh, been training, we've been fight, training for a tall opponent anyway because Anfield was tall anyway. So um, this fight actually with Jack, uh, Cullen actually got offered to me first and uh, he turned it down and said no, and then he ended up fighting Jamie Cox. So this fight got announced to him, put him first, fourth, but um, he turned it down and um, he fought Jamie Cox. So he should have just took it at the start, but obviously he hasn't got confidence on, on beating me because he would have just took it at the start, um, but he didn't. Um, so, But he's really actually been pushed into this fight because Eddie Hearn has obviously said to him, if you don't take this fight, you're not going to get a fight before Christmas. So he's had no option to say yes this time. What fight would you have preferred, John? Would you have preferred the Jack Armfield fight you was preparing for or obviously Jack Cullen that you are going to be fighting on Saturday? Um, probably uh, uh, the same. I'd say Armfield. Armfield was um, fought more like um, a better performance. I know he was out for a few years and that there, but um, I thought that would have been a harder fight. But listen, it is what it is. They're two, they've actually got kind of the same style, but uh, Cullen stands a bit more and trades a bit more and... Um, that will make it a much more easier fight for me. Let's obviously move on to the fight a bit more. Um, with Jack, are you feeling any pressure now, John, to deliver a, a, a standout performance almost to kind of put everybody on notice in the division? This, this, this performance has to be a standout performance, yes. It has to be like, well, my last performance wasn't. It was obviously the only thing I got out of it was a stoppage. Do you know what I mean, um, before I never boxed really well and... Um, if anyone's looking at last fight, they'll be thinking, oh, we'll beat John Docker easy. And that's any, any right too, do you know what I mean? The way I box. But this performance here, I know I, I can beat Jack Cullen. I know for a fact I can, but it's just how I'm going to do it. And um, how I've been training in the gym, um, been sparring 12 rounds and um, listening to Tony. And um, I, I'll do a good job in uh, Jack Cullen. I've got to look good doing it. Do you know what I mean, I've got to put the division on notice. With that last performance, didn't this performance, I'm going to put it on notice and then they're going to know who I am. Do you know what I mean? Um, but as I said, I know what the excuse is going to be after I beat him. Oh, he, he's just moved up for middleweight. It was just, there's them excuses at the end of the, after you look good, do you know what I mean? 
you mentioned obviously there's that Chelly fight earlier. We know a former, well, I say former, we know a campmate of yours has previously fought um, Jack Cullen in, in Felix Cash. Is there kind of a pressure again on you to, to try and better the performance that Felix produced? Has Felix been bantering you about that? Um, he hasn't He hasn't even batted me. Not really, not much really, but in the back of my head, yeah, I want to... Um, I want to stop him quicker, but listen, um, I'm not going to go in there looking for the stoppage as I do nearly every single fight. My last fight, I went in there looking for the big shot too much and um, I didn't perform good. So I'm just going to go in there, let my shots go. And when I do let my shots go, he, he won't be able to stand up to them. I know for a fact he won't. Um, he never did it at a middleweight and he won't do it. It's definitely not a super middleweight. So um, yeah, I'll be going in there to try and knock him out quicker than Felix. You come away with a victory on Saturday, John. Where does it kind of leave you then in your eyes? You've beaten a very good domestic fighter, but then you look across the rest of the scene. Who do you kind of have in your kind of eyesight? I've got no one in my eyesight. I've just got the British title. Um, if that's the fight after this or the end of next year or the beginning of next year, whoever it will be, um, I'll have to fight. Um, the British title has always been uh, one of my belts I want to win and win outright. Do you know what I mean, I just don't want to win it and uh, just uh, vacate it. Do you know I mean, I want to win it outright and... Um, with doing that, I've got to um, win this fight on Saturday, obviously, and look good doing it. Do you know what I mean, I'm, I'm not looking for, looking past Jack Cullen. Um, he's coming here to win, do you know what I mean? And um, I've not, I've got my eyes on no one. I've just got my eyes on the British title. So whoever's got the British title, when it's my time to fight for it, um, I'll have to go through them. John, I know somebody who you're not necessarily keen on has previously been kind of very vocal around one of his own fights and certainly upset a lot of people in Idris Burgo. Uh, I remember on the back of that, obviously, you were more than happy to fight him. You were looking to make that fight. Nothing seemed to have come of it. Is that, is that somebody you could see yourself facing in 2021, or do you think that it's just a fight that, by all accounts, just won't happen? It just won't happen. Um, he wants to, to fight a middleweight now. That fight's just passed. It's gone now. Um, he's got no chance of fighting me ever again. And um, I, Listen, I wish him all the best, whatever he's trying to get out of boxing, or whatever he's trying to do. I don't have a clue what he's trying to get out of it. Um, but listen, I wish him all the best, and um, I hope, hopefully, he wins titles and uh, does what he can do. do you know what I mean, I'm not, I've got no. Well, I'm not going to say I haven't got hate from because I do, because what you're doing to a journeyman, do you know what I mean? Um, if I did get him in there, I would have, would have hurt him. But listen, I never got him in the ring, and he knows what he's doing. He knows how he's, he knows how to play his cards. That's what I'm going to say about him now. I wish him all the best, and um, me and him will never fight. Uh, John, I just want to touch on uh, Connor Ben as well. Obviously, Connor, your camp mate, getting ready for his yeah. own fight the week after yours against Sebastian Formella. How's Connor been looking? Very good. Um, Connor Ben is he's on a, he's improved that much um, since I've been down here. He he has improved a lot, and um, he's looking to shine this fight. And um, all he's running and that day, he's beating all these targets. Do you know what I mean? And um, he's just improving all the all, all around fighter. Um, he's he's. He, even in the sparring, when I'm watching the sparring now, he's um he's listening to Tony and he's looking, he's looking, he's looking very good. And then I'm, do you know what? I'm looking actually forward to his next fight, um, because I know how good he's been looking in the gym and how much better he's been looking. So um, he's just got to go out there and show it now. Do you know what I mean, there's sometimes you're going to ring and not perform, um, but he's looking very good in camp just now, and um, I, I see him doing a job in this next boys' fighting. John, just pick that back up there. Just something I'm at the door. Um. Yeah, we've seen Connor. He had those ambitions to step back up. Sorry, he had those ambitions to go and fight for the British title, but the fight with Chris Jenkins just couldn't get made in the end. Now we've seen him step up through the through the levels, looking at that European and that world scene with his fight with Sebastian Formella. 
there's been a number of fighters who have gone through the matchroom gym who have been world level, have been world champions, and you've got a, an incredible amateur background yourself where you've gone on uh, to fight the best around the world. Do you see in kind of Ben now somebody who is ready for kind of a world scene? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, you don't know who he's in with the with all them top fighters. Do you know what I mean, if he's in with somebody good, do you know what I mean, but the way I've been seeing him work, working and sparring and with Tony, like he's been looking very good. And um, to get the best out of Conor, you're going to need a good opponent in with him. And um, this is a little gauge what we're going to get over this point here. Isn't it? This, I think he's fought Sean Porter and all that. Do you know what I mean, he's fought some um, good fighters. Do you know what I mean, so um, Conor Ben will get a gauge where he's at. And um, this is not this is not an easy fight he's took, um, and everyone knows that. Do you know what I mean? Um, a fair play to Conor. He's took he's took a, a big jump from the British title to that there now. Do you know what I mean? Obviously, things didn't work out for the British title. Eddie Hearn and Frank Warren, they don't get on, as you know. So, it could happen to a lot of people out there. Do you know what I mean? Um, Conor Ben doesn't want to wait around. Um, he wants to fight. So, the only best way to do it is take 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 this chance he took. And listen, it's a gamble. And um, I think the gamble's going to pay off and he's going to look very good on the night. And world level, world level obviously, there's a lot of world a top world level fighters at his weight do you know what I mean so as I said you'll, you'll, you'll go by his performance here he, um, this will be a test from John just a final thing from myself um, you've obviously got the experience of boxing behind closed doors with yeah. the fight camp show in an arena I imagine it will be very different for yourself to kind of get used to the surroundings it's obviously enclosed you'll probably be able to hear things a lot clearer because it's a tight venue yeah. how are you kind of preparing a different kind of mentality heading into that fight and are you prepared for a different type of atmosphere? Yeah, obviously that number one was outside and this one's inside. That's all I really get over. I'm not even bothered where I fight. If I fight in a phone box, I'm not bothered. I mean, um, I'm going there to do a job and that's um, walk through Jack Collins, you know what I mean? And that's what I'm going to do. Um, it's, just a, it's just a ring. We're getting in the ring and we're doing the exact same thing. Obviously, I think it affects Jack Collins because I think he sells a lot of tickets. Um and I think he needs his uh, fans there to shout him on. Um, he does sell a lot of tickets. So, with him, I do think it'll affect him. But me, I'm not really bothered. I don't sell much tickets. The only ones that come to my fight is my wife, my dad, my mum. That's the only ones that come to my fight. So, um, I'm just going there to do a job and listen to Tony and um, perform on the night. John, one thing I forgot to ask us and quickly ask you about now. Obviously, we've seen um, Canelo's come out and he's officially left kind of um, Golden Boy and what have you there and he's talking about a potential fight with Caleb Plant your thoughts John if we was to see Canelo versus Caleb Plant that's a good fight that Canelo uh, that another uh, boy I've been watching him and um, he's a very good fighter and um, that's a good fight but I just don't I just can't see no one beating Canelo Canelo is um, a hell of a fighter and um, he's one of the pound for pounds out there do you know what I mean um, it, it, it I don't know that boy is going to fight he is a good fighter I've been watching him but he's never fought a proper elite fighter yet and um, Canelo was one of them elite fighters so um, I've just got Canelo beating him if uh, them two do fight if that is any trueness but if he fights John Ryder John Ryder will smash him (laughs) (laughs) John pleasure to catch up with you I'm sure I'll speak to you soon obviously best of luck with the rest of this week and of course fight night Um, thank you for speaking to Boxing Social Thank you very much, Paul. Cheers. Thanks for your time now, yeah?
Hi there, I'm Danny Flexen and welcome to the latest edition of Seconds Out Reflections. We're here every Monday at 4.30pm to talk about the boxing action of the weekend just gone. And this weekend there was only one real kind of major show and some fans might even disagree with that, but it was headlined by the WBC lightweight champion. Yet all the stories you've read about Tiafimo Lopez being undisputed are inaccurate. There is a WBC title holder. Um and not the franchise champion, the actual champion, regardless of how he got the belt and what you think of that, he is officially their world champion. And that's Devin Haney, very talented young man indeed, and did pretty much as everyone expected him to do on Saturday night against ageing former star Yuri Orkis Gamboa of Cuba. Um, I think he was in, and I alluded to this previously but he was Devin Haney was in a bit of a no-win situation because Yuri Orkis Gamboa's best days came down at featherweight now 38 years old um not the fighter he once was um and certainly not up at lightweight um he always looks a bit small for that weight he's been stopped there previously as well by Terence Crawford no shame in that of course and Javante Davis again very very good fighters um but the problem Haney has is that He's not a massive puncher. He's more of a technician. Um, he's still quite young, so he's probably still developing his man strength. And unless he were to get rid of Gamboa quicker than the aforementioned duo, people were going to criticise. I mean, people were already criticising the match, calling it a mismatch, wanting Haney to step up. Um, and he is still very young, but once you're elevated to that world title level, it's very hard to go back, and a certain quality is expected. He's also put under pressure a bit by the fact that Teofimo Lopez unified the rest of the major belts against Vasily Lomachenko not too long ago. Now, Lopez might be older and more experienced, but you're going to be compared naturally to the other major names in your weight class. And if there's another young fighter out there who talks the talk and then backs it up, and Haney does talk the talk, then you'll be expected to do something similar. And when you see a few weeks ago, Lopez upsetting the odds against a pound-for-pound contender in Lomachenko, and then you flip a few weeks later to Haney, who's taken on an ageing, undersized opponent in defence of his WBC belt. The comparison isn't really flattering in your favour. So he was already in a kind of no-win situation, and he did what he had to do. You know, there were parts of his performance that were very impressive. He's got an excellent jab. His uh, boxing IQ for someone so young is very impressive, um, and his movement's really good as well. Haney's got. You know, all the skills, the power could still develop. I mean, he hits pretty hard. He, he's, you know, he's got some highlight reel knockouts that you can see probably on YouTube and I've seen on social media. But against the top level opposition, he hasn't got that kind of one punch concussive power, um, which may still come. But for now, he certainly hasn't. Now, people are talking about his next steps after, you know, shutout victory, I think on at least two of the cards against Gamboa. Um, he didn't really put a dent in him, but he did dominate. Um, the majority of the contest and, and won fairly clearly. You know, you could say it was a better victory than, uh, I don't know, Tank, perhaps, and Crawford, because at least Gamboa had maybe had more moments of success against those guys, but they both took him out, whereas Haney wasn't able to. So it's, a, it's an interesting comparison. I know that Gamboa, many years ago now, did give um, Crawford a tough three or four rounds early on with his speed, um, before the size, power, and just general timing and intelligence of Crawford caught up with him so comparisons aside though people are now looking at Haney and saying well he needs a big step up that seems to be the most common theme on social media on Sunday morning 
Um, a lot of people calling for him to fight Tifimo Lopez and uh, unify all the four major belts straight away. I'm not entirely sure that's the right move for him. It's a discussion I had on Twitter with someone yesterday. I understand the fans clamour for it. We want to see an undisputed champion. We want to see two young stars go against each other. There's also the theory that against um, superior opposition like Lopez, it might bring something more out of Haney, some more power, ruthlessness, explosivity. He might rise to the occasion. And I don't entirely disagree with that, but I just think if you were guiding Haney's career, while you don't want him to fight too many more people like Gamboa because of the criticism inherent in that and because he's not really learning much from being in those fights, um, you also don't want to pitch him in too early because he is, what, 21 still? You don't want to pitch him in too early against someone like Teofimo Lopez, who's just coming off the best win of his career, um, who's looked quite devastating at times in doing so. It's a more measured performance, of course, against Lomachenko, but has looked devastating in the past. So what's the natural next step? Because for me, this is how I looked at it when I was um, thinking about this yesterday. You want him to fight the biggest name possible where he's still a pretty significant favourite to come out on top. Um, so you look at guys on the fringes and a lot of them are already busy. So uh, Luke Campbell's fighting Ryan Garcia. You know, Campbell would be an interesting opponent. I'd probably favour Campbell to beat Haney at this stage, but you can see from Haney's team's point of view why that might be a good fight. You look at um, Lomachenko, who's coming off a defeat, undersized himself at lightweight. But again, he probably maybe still know too much at this stage for Haney. So then you look further down the list, you look at guys like um, Jose Pedraza, for example, um, Richard Comey, former IBF champion. His style, his kind of aggressive style might be quite good for Haney. You could move around him, find angles. That might be a good style match for him. But then you've got the unfavourable comparison again in that Comey, really, really good fighter, was pitched out of there quite early by Teofimo Lopez. And if Haney doesn't achieve that, then you fail in comparison once again. So it's an awkward one for him because Comey would be a really good win. It'd be the best win by far on Haney's ledger. Um, but he might not get the respect he deserves for it. So I went through it, had a think. And the one I came up with, really that I think would be a good next step for Haney before he steps up into that real elite um, £135 level, and I mean no disrespect when I say that, would be Jorge Linares. Still a really good fighter. No gimme for Haney at all. Um, came Coming off a good win, but probably slightly past his prime now. Um, probably slightly past his um, best in terms of weight as well. Although he's, he's had a really long reign as a lightweight world champion, I thought he was at his best at, at super feather probably, maybe feather but still did really well at lightweight. Um, you know, the, the defeats recently, Pablo Cesar Kano was up at um, super lightweight. The one against Lomachenko, he dropped him on the way and gave him a really hard fight. Probably the hardest Lomachenko had had as a pro before he um, lost to, uh, well, actually the second hardest, maybe after Orlando Salido early on, of course. But uh, the hardest in his prime, uh, his professional prime, you could say, until Teofimo Lopez beat him. Um Really good name value still, even though he's in the veteran stage of his career. Um, he's been well promoted. Everyone knows who he is. He's a three-division world champion. He's a modern legend. I imagine he'll be going to Canastota one day, not as a visitor, but um, being inducted. So really good name value, but beatable at this stage of his career, in my view. Um, he had a fight scheduled for over the summer. That got postponed. Not sure if that's going to be made again. Um, Golden Boy, handle him. They're on the zone. Haney's with Matchroom USA. They're on the zone. It seems like a natural zone fight, a main event. Um, Haney Linares. And then the winner of that can go on to fight 
Tiafimo Lopez, for example, and, and would if they get a good win, like a clear win rather than a tough fight and a and really tight one, you would expect them to be ready, um, both in terms of profile and in terms of in-ring skill set and experience for someone like Lopez. So I think that makes sense. You know, get get a bit more seasoning under the belt for Haney, um, but against the big name, so raise his profile a bit as well, and prove himself, prove he belongs at the upper echelon. I know it seems silly saying prove himself when he's already a world champion, but Linares would be the best name on his record and is still, still, even at this stage, a very respectable name to have. We're not talking about Gamboa here. You know, um, Linares has grown into the weight. He looks like a lightweight. He's still got good wins behind him. His last win was very good. He looked explosive, skillful, as good as ever. Um, I don't think he is as good as ever. I think if you delve deeper into his record, you'd say, you know, his best years are probably behind him now. But still looks good. He's got the name. And I think it's a good scalp for Haney on his way to bigger things. But I want to know what you guys think. Having watched the Haney performance, how did you analyse it? What did you make of it? And secondly, who should be next for him? Should it be uh, Linares, as I've suggested? Or is there another contender I've missed out that you think could be a, a better kind of stepping stone, if you like, or, or next fight for him? Or do you think he should go straight in with Lopez, either because you think you just want to see the belts unified or because you think he's got a really good chance of coming out on top, that you know he'll rise to the occasion and that his wins so far haven't instilled the necessary hunger or desire in him to really show his best? Let me know what you think in the comments below and I'll respond to some of them. I always look forward to reading those, most of them. And um, I'll see you all next Monday for Reflections, again at 4.30. But I'll also be here this Thursday at 4.30 for Flex Expectations, where I'll look ahead to quite a busy weekend. Um, you've got Terence Crawford against Kel Brook out in the US, uh, the triple female triple header from Matchroom on Saturday, and the highly anticipated uh, Denzel Bentley-Mark Heffron rematch topping a Frank Warren card on Friday. Um, and we'll have someone in the bubble for that, which is always good. So, yeah, look forward to all of that, and I'll see you all soon. Cheers. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. Andrew McCarthy, IFL TV, in association with MTK Global. I'm always delighted to be joined by my good friend all the way out in the, the States, Ray Savage Ford. Ray, first and foremost, man, congratulations on a huge win at the weekend. Before we talk about that, man, how's your health? How's yeah. things? You say how's my health? Yeah, how's things? All good? Yeah, everything is good. Health good. I feel good. And uh, right now I'm just relaxing and going to enjoy my time with my family. Definitely. Well, let's talk about the win at the weekend there. I mean, sometimes I, I've seen, sometimes you get criticised. Well, I don't see the criticism, but you post it. You Sometimes you get criticism for going the distance and showcasing your skills. 
But it seems yeah. sometimes you get criticised when you blow a guy out there in three rounds. I mean, it's a tough one. But how do you assess your performance at the weekend against Reyes? I give it like a B plus, A minus. That's not bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's not bad. It's not bad. But uh, I see a lot of other things that I can improve on and work on. So I'm going to correct them things in the gym. The thing is, you did get the stoppage. I know earlier on in your career that you were wanting the stoppages, but that, for me, looking at that as a spectator, I thought that was a great performance from yourself. I mean, you 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 done what you were asked to do. Do you feel like I also seen that somebody said to you and you posted it that you stole the show? Do you feel like you were you stole the show on Saturday? Yeah, I believe I stole the show. A lot of people say that. I best performance so yeah I got to the show so what's next for you then Ray? obviously you, you said you're just relaxed am I lagging you're lagging a little bit yeah but it's all good I can still hear you okay obviously so what's next for you then I mean two fights in 2020 considering the the lockdown and all this sort of stuff so what are you hoping for 2021 Names and uh, just to uh, get higher ranks, get get higher, get ranked higher in the rankings, and so in 2022 I can get ready for a title shot. 2022 is that is that is that the sort of aim now? 2022 be step into that world ranking, that world level sort of thing. Yeah, most definitely. I'm trying to uh, my first world title in 2022, in the beginning of 2022, middle of 2022, so, yeah. Featherweight, definitely featherweight. Is that your weight now? No super bantamweight, no super featherweight, featherweight? Yeah, yeah featherweight, that's what I'm staying at right now. Good stuff. <laughs> until, until, until my body say otherwise. There we go, that's what I like to hear, man. Good division as well, good division to be in. Um, I also saw a post-fight clip of you mentioning Sean Garcia again. Now, Last time I spoke to you, he's Ryan Garcia's younger brother, if anyone doesn't know. Um, last time I spoke to you, you said that you don't think he wants to fight. Do you still want to fight? Do you want to fight him? Yeah, I still want to fight him, but I doubt he'll want to fight me. <laughs> <laughs> why? 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 I don't know. He just, he trying to be too, too perfect. You know, a lot of guys nowadays, they be scared to, uh, lose the zero on a record. They don't want to challenge themselves. So, and uh, I, I feel like he know in his heart that he can't beat me. In terms of getting the bigger names in your division, is, is there anyone else out there? Obviously, we know that the world champions are sort of like, not in the, you can't ask them questions just yet, but in terms of big names that we've heard of in the division, is there anyone out there that you feel like you're ready for right now? Because we know with everything that's going on, we can't fly international fighters in, we can't travel and whatnot. So you might have to fight somebody local in terms of in the United States. So is there any names on that fringe world level up there with a good record that you you sort of got your eye on? Honestly, um, I'm not even sure like of all the guys in this division besides the world champion. So I don't know like, any contenders or, you know, guys who, it was, it was like a step before, like, getting to the world title. So, 
I can't even tell you. Oh, well, but I definitely. You say what? Go ahead. No, you go ahead. You go ahead, bro. Yeah. Uh, definitely looking at all the world champions, though. Most definitely. Well, you know one world champion very well, Shakur Stevenson, but I don't think he's sticking around at featherweight much longer. Uh, there's, there's talks of him moving up to super featherweight. So. Yeah. Yeah, I know you know. Yeah, he moved up already. Has he moved up already? Has he? So has he beat that belt? Uh, yeah, he, he never had to get his old belt. All right, nice, nice. That's good to know him. I also spoke to you before the Teofimo Lopez Lomachenko fight, and you said that I've got to say you're bang on the money. You said that Teofimo Lopez was going to beat him. Uh, did you put a bet on? No, I didn't put a bet on it. <laughs> well, you, I, didn't well, put a bet. I, I guess I'm, I'm guessing that you weren't surprised at the, when, as most people were. No, nah, I was. I'm definitely wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised at all. This boxing, so you know, uh, you can't just automatically, you know, go with the guy who everybody else think is going. Man. And you know, anybody has a chance when they get in that ring. Everybody got, everybody got two hands. Everybody bleed too. So uh, he just showed that Lomachenko was human. He's not no, no different from any other man that steps in that ring. So. I've got to put you on the spot then. I put you on the spot with Lomachenko and Lopez. I'm going to put you on the spot right now. You, you, you were on the undercard of Devin Haney and Gamboa. Now, there's talk about Devin Haney fighting either Tank or fighting possibly Lopez now because they, are, they do hold WBC belts, whether it be the franchise, the interim or whatever it is. If they fight, who, who do you think? Would you, would you stick with Lopez or would you go with Haney? Or do you, are you sitting on the fence? Um, <laughs> I'm gonna go with Haney. I'm gonna go with Haney. Haney, why? Why? Yeah, because uh, I think Haney, he's taller. He's got more range. He's faster. I believe he got a better boxing IQ. Fast feet, and I think uh, Lopez. It would be hard for him to get to him. What about Haney Tank? I've seen them going back and forth on Instagram. Do, do, do you think that Haney and Tank's a, a good matchup? Um, uh, not right now. I feel like Tank. I feel like uh, Devin Haney needs to grow a little bit more. You know, start to develop his manpower because Tank is relentless. You can't really. It's it's hard to keep him off of you, especially. You know, he's not. He he has fast hands. He's real explosive. He got a boxing IQ as well, and then he's strong on top of that. So, um, I feel like Devin Haney need to grow, grow a little bit more, you know, develop into his man body before he take that fight. So, for you, when you obviously you probably won't be fighting now till twenty twenty one. So, what you what you, is that you till Christmas? Is that you just gonna chill, relax, enjoy Christmas? Or are you gonna be back in that gym soon? Oh no, I'm I'm going right back into the gym probably like next week. So I'm going to take a week off, rest a little bit, let my body heal up, and then I'm right back. I mean, when are you hoping to be out? Have you, have you spoke to your promoters or Matchroom or anyone along them lines on, on when you're going to be next out in 2021? Not yet, not oh, yeah. yet. But um, if, they, if they say that they want me back in December, just know I'll be ready to come back in December. Good, you stay ready, you stay ready. Yeah, most definitely.
Definitely. For for the for your fans on the UK that didn't watch your fight, I mean, you, can we see more of that? That the more of the the controlled aggression from you? Do you think? Yeah, I can definitely see more of that. I've um I've been working on that throughout the whole camp, so I knew that's how I was gonna approach this fight. But uh, yeah, y'all definitely will see a lot more of that. I know the fans they they get they complain about fighters not getting stoppages, so you know that made me turn up to another level, just to show y'all that I can become that that fighter that y'all want me to be and be that aggressive fighter instead of just outclassing dudes and boxing them. I know. Yeah, we want to see knockouts, so that's what I, that's what I'll start working on for y'all. You, you do know with every time you gain a little bit of success, there's going to be haters coming along. So uh, yeah. you, you've already sampled that. So I don't see yeah. it personally. For me, when I when I see you fight, I'm like, yeah, the guy, the kid got it, man. But I don't, I don't see where the hate come from. I don't even see it on Twitter. But you seem to get it for some reason. Whether you school the boy for six, seven, eight, ten rounds, yeah, knock the boy out. So. I mean, it's the, you can't win. Yeah, you can't. You can't. You really can't. And just on Twitter, somebody was saying like, I, I, I got hit too much when I uh, fought. I'm like, like, what do y'all want? Y'all want me to just outclass and make sure, like, don't get hit at all, make it look boring to y'all, or y'all want me to go in there and get a stoppage? Like, of course, if I'm being aggressive, I'm going to get hit with a, with a few shots. And I wasn't even getting hit a lot. I got hit. But I could remember what was, I only got hit in the first round, I believe. And uh, I probably got hit with about four or five head shots that I can mm. remember. But uh, anything else, like, it wasn't really nothing crazy. And that was just me being aggressive. You see Tank fight, he get hit too. That's because he's being aggressive. So if you're an aggressive fighter, you're going to, you got to, you're taking that risk to get hit. You're going to get hit. So that's just coming. Definitely. Uh, finally, before I let you go, I've got to ask, did you see Deontay Wilder's video when he blamed Tyson Fury for cheating? If you did, I mean, what, what's your thoughts on that? Do you have anything on thoughts on that? No, I haven't watched it, but I've been hearing a lot of people talking about it. But uh, I feel like Deontay Wilder, he just he just need to take his loss as a man and as a world champion. You know, he I feel like he got way too many excuses going on. The first excuse was with his costume or his uh his outfit or whatever yeah. you want to call it, and they saying now they they were saying uh Tyson Fury was cheating with the gloves and all this. I feel like it's just too many excuses going on. Like um, it's boxing. And you 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 take your losses, how you take your wins. You can't make an excuse as soon as something don't go your way. You just go to the gym, correct the things that's going on. And you know, go back out and handle business. See, for somebody that's only 21, 22 years old, you've got a smart head, a mature head on them shoulders, Ray. Uh, and like I said, it's always yeah. a pleasure to talk to you, man. I, I, like I said, I said to you a couple of interviews ago that I'm a fan of yours. I love your fight style. I've, I've been to like maybe three or four of your fights. Uh, and yeah. I was impressed at the weekend. So congratulations, brother. And uh, let's look forward to the next one. Hopefully, fingers crossed. I get to come stateside for it this time. So fingers crossed. Most definitely. Most definitely. Thank you for for the interview, man. Always tuning in. Appreciate it. Anytime, anytime, my brother. Stick in, stay safe, and I'll speak to you soon, Ray. Okay, see. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with debt KO. 
And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO, free impartial advice on all your debt. Danny Flexen for seconds out. Delighted to be joined by Hall of Fame promoter Frank Warren. Um, ahead of a very busy time um, towards the end of the year. Starting off this Friday uh, with the much-anticipated rematch between Mark Heffron and Denzel Bentley. How can they surpass the first fight? Because that was a cracker. Well, it was, but it's more on the line this time, Dan. Uh, it's the British title as well. So they, they'll have the bit between themselves. And if... Uh, Listen, if it's half as good as the last one, it'd be a great fight, but I think it'd be better this time round. You promote both guys, so do you have a, a horse in the race, if you like? Well, we promote them both. You know, we've done, it's not like the first time we've ever done that. We do put our guys in and let them, you know, if they're good fights that the business calls for, they're professional boxers and they'll fight each other. Um, like I always say, it's not the end of the world for the loser, it's how you lose. And uh, I think with these two guys, they're so is so keenly balanced between the two of them. I mean, you know, I've never, I, I can't recall ever, you know, three judges giving a fight as a draw. And I, I actually thought it was a draw as well. I found it very difficult to, to you know, to, um, to split them. But um, one thing's for sure, this time around, having, both of them having the benefit of being in the ring with each other, you know you're going to get something a little bit special because they know, they know what they're up against. And on the undercard, you've got a super bantamweight clash southern area champion against the English champion with a WBC international silver belt on the line. Um, you made some comments last week in praise of Chris Bork. Just how far can he go, in your view? I like him. I, you know, I like him. He's done everything he's been asked for up to yet, and I'm really looking forward to seeing him in action again. You know, he's a cracking little fighter, and uh, I think he's got. I think you know he can go a long way. Yeah, he is good. This is the first of a number of shows you've got before the end of the year. One, probably the most notable before Fury, of course, is Daniel Dubois, Joe Joyce. Highly, highly, and I know I said that about Heffron, uh, Willie, uh, sorry, Heffron Bentley, but this one's particularly highly anticipated. Go on. Well, it is, but just before you say that, remember, we've got Tommy Fury on as well. He's, he's, he's back out, and I'm pleased Friday. to see him back in action on Friday. So, you know, we're going to keep him busy. Um, he's looking, I mean, he's looking tremendous. He's been spending a lot of time with Tyson training and working with uh, Sugar Hill as well. So uh, I think that'll add a new dimension to what he's doing. And I know he works with his dad, John. So it's, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing him in, in action on Friday. And he's got a very similar physique to both of us, Frank, as well. We just don't get out all the time. Uh, I don't know about you, Dan. More like me, mate. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, I wish. Dubois Joyce, I want to ask you, it's a great gesture that it's going to be on subscription BT Sport rather than uh, pay-per-view. But without that um, pay-per-view money and no live gate either because of the COVID stuff, how are you managing to make this work? What's your secret? Look, we've, everybody's had to step up to the plate. Uh, the, the, you know, BT, ourselves, and obviously the boxers. And between us all, we've made it work. Everybody wants to see the fight. I mean, it's taken us for age, not for anybody's fault, to get it on, but it's on now. And, uh, you know, we've managed to hopefully make it work for everybody. You've talked about your future plans for Daniel. In the past, you've talked about him potentially fighting uh, Joshua, potentially fighting Wilder. Most recent name was Usyk, I saw. 
what is your ideal path for him should he get past Joe Joyce on the uh, 28th of November? Look, he's he's got a tough fight. He's got to get past a really good undefeated heavyweight, Joe Joyce, silver medalist, you know, from the uh, Olympics. Joe fancies the fight big time. I mean, the, the good thing about this fight is they both of them really think they've got the beating of, of each other. They, but they're both up for it. It's not like either of them have tried to duck out of it. They keep calling for the fight. So, that, as I say, with their tr- tremendous self-belief, we're going to get something special. And I think it's about the winner, where the winner goes from this fight. Now, you know, Sam Jones and I have had our little, you know, m- nice rivalry, rivalry and differences. It's not, not weird, you know, it's not you know, nasty stuff. He obviously fancies his man and he manages. And I fancy, I, I think that uh, Daniel Daniel's uh, going to be the guy. But look, it's again, it's a close fight on paper. I've seen people one minute they fancy Daniel to win it, then they same people fancy Joe to win it. So that's gonna it's one of those type of fights. But whoever comes through, I think's got the beating of all those guys we've just mentioned. So you'd be winning. And I've seen some of the stuff, some of the, somebody mentioned me about on the internet, well, like saying that, you know, either Daniel or Joe fighting Usyk and about what Usyk did as a pro that done, you know, when he fought um Joe's it, it was it in the uh amateur. They ain't amateur anymore. And I've got to tell you something, you know, looking at what I looked at the other week, you know, he's a tremendous, tremendous cruiser, cruiserweight. But as a heavyweight, you know, he'd done what he had to do. But is he going to, is he going to, you know, those naturally bigger guys? And, he, and he's, what's he now, 30 odd years of age, 33 years of age. It's not like he could put that weight, up, you know, he's going to be a natural heavyweight growing into it at that age now. So would you he's be fast. Getting- to put the winner of this uh, Dubois Joyce fight in with any heavyweight bar fury at this stage. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. What you got to lose? You know, you've got everything to gain and nothing to lose. Um, it's a bit like, you know, how can I put it? You, you, you sort of, with Daniel, I know he's got the power, I know he can box, he's got a great jab. And, I, and would I fancy him against Dillian White or against Chisora? In a heartbeat. I mean, he'll tell you, Chisora, we offered him last year a big purse to fight Daniel. I remember. Last year. I remember how much he asked for as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, what he asked for. But we still offered him a lot of money to fight him. So that's the confidence that we've got. Now you've got, um, you co-promote the best heavyweight in the world by consensus. And you've arguably got the best heavyweight prospect in the world as well. That seems to be a collision course. At least at some point in the future, they will meet. How do you feel about that? Well, look, if it happens, the, the business call for it, it'll happen. I mean, in the meantime, what we want is for Tyson, um, we're, it's quite imminent that we announce his opponent, maybe today, maybe tomorrow. Um, but that's very imminent, the announcement. And providing Tyson comes through, you know, it's, we've all, everybody agrees now we want to see him and, and um, AJ get it together. He's fighting uh, the Vetkin, I think, on the 12th of December, isn't it? So Who left? Oh, sorry, Pulev on the 12th of December. So, providing he comes through his fight, we can get those two guys on. After they fight, you know, if it's Daniel Joe's ever there, you know, if it's Daniel, then you would think that's got to be the fight. But Daniel will be, comes is, at the moment, is, is number two in the WBO rankings. So, if he decides, Joshua, that he's not going to fight Usyk, then Usyk would have to fight Daniel for the vacant title, provided he beats Joe. But then a future unification would pit 
Daniel against Tyson. Tyson looks unbeatable be brilliant, in current form. It would, be, it would be brilliant. And I'll tell you what, it wouldn't be hard to make because we haven't got all the aggravation of dealing with the other side. With Daniel on his current trajectory, can you see a way in a couple of years' time where he'd have that skill set or that kryptonite to beat Tyson? Because Tyson looks unbeatable at times. But Tyson has got no miles on the clock to start with. You know, you look at his record. Um, he's, he's had a couple of tough fights over the year, but they're not... The, I mean, the toughest one was obviously against uh, Wilder that last round. Well, it wasn't a tough fight. He actually was doing really well in the fight, but got clipped. Yeah. And it was, a, it was a tough 12th round. And certainly the second fight wasn't a tough fight for him. You know, he'd done a, he'd done a job on him. So he's got no miles on the clock. Who knows, Danny? You know, Tyson's one of those guys, he says he wants to fight. And if he said he wanted to pack it in tomorrow, with all respects that he wanted to do that. But he's a guy who, you know, I think that because of how he, because of how he boxes and his skills could go on for many, many years if he chose to do so. But if anyone is out there who can beat Fury, is Daniel the number one kind of chance of that? I, I Look, Daniel would say right now he feels he's got the beating of everybody. I don't think at the moment. I think he needs more schooling. He only had seven amateur senior senior bouts as an amateur. You know, so he's been moved fairly fast to where he's at now. And you mentioned Fury's um, opponent. You, I read something last week that you were just waiting for the contract um, signing from Ajit Kabayel. How close is that? You said imminent. We were just on the phone just before this interview with his lawyer. We're just trying to get a couple of things ironed out and hopefully we'll get it done today. What makes him the right opponent for Fury at this stage to keep him busy before the big fights of next year? Well, the, the, the problem we got is because of COVID and making this work, how we make it work. Um, he's undefeated. He's, uh, was he 20 and 0? I think he's 20 and 0. He's the European champion. He has a win over Chisora. So he ticks a few boxes uh, for the fight. And Tyson wanted to fight before the end of the year. So unfortunate we couldn't get the uh, the third fight on with um, with Deontay. But obviously the finances weren't there to make this happen. And we had to work very hard to get this one over the line. Well, nearly over the line, that's it, yeah. So if Fury takes care of business, as we all expect him to, is it then straight into negotiations after Joshua does similar, hopefully? On I, would, the 12th? I would hope, well... He takes care of business and then AJ's got to take care of business and then the negotiations. And how do you anticipate those negotiations going? Have you actually had your famed lunch slash dinner with Eddie Hearn yet? No. Um, I think we were, you know, it, for various reasons, it did, not from mine, but various reasons it didn't happen. Then he, he caught COVID, then he had a show on and there was a lockdown. So there's no lunches. Uh, so nothing's happened. Uh, there's no lunches or dinners for anyone at the moment. I'm not sitting around holding my breath waiting for that to happen. He might be inviting me around for Christmas dinner, who knows? <laughs> you never know, you never know. Um, but how do you anticipate those negotiations going? I mean, how how many times over the past five years have you guys sat down, not necessarily you and Herm, but just the companies, and made fights between the two sides? Well, we've made a few fights, haven't we, over the years? We've made a few fights, and it's a fight that, that everybody... Look, why wouldn't... Why is it... It's not going to be difficult to make the fight. It's a 50-50 split. We all knew it was always going to be a 50-50 split. And televising it shouldn't be a problem. Let both the channels televise it. And that's it. Unless somebody comes out and buys one of the other channels, buys one of the channels out. It's, it's, it's not rocket science. Have you had, obviously you have conversations with BT all the time. Have you had an indication from them that they're happy to share the rights with Sky? Yeah. That, that, uh, that, that, it's not a question. Of course they would like it. 
they would like it. It's called Sky would like it, but it's what the fan to make the fight happen, what, what, what it requires. Sometimes you've got to do things you don't want to do. And uh, in this particular case, for me, it is, I, I, don't, I don't see any option, but they both share it. Eddie, great to see you at work here at uh, Maskell's. Um, socially distanced as we are, of course. Um, first day of lockdown, um, everything going well at, at Wembley Arena? And obviously, um, you know, the Gillian White, Alexander Povetkin's off. What's going to happen with that? We're going to move that to January the 30th, and then we're going to keep our Saturday 21st of November show as a Saturday night fight night, which uh, fans will be happy about. Uh, Connor Ben will headline in a great fight there and a, a lot of heavyweight the fights. Yeah, yeah, against Famella. Uh, Famella, sorry. Just read the yeah. distance with Sean Paul. It's yeah. a big step yeah. up for yeah. him and a lot of big heavyweight fights as well. I've got to be honest with you, Gareth. It's drama, drama, drama. You know, we're up against it in every sense of the word. But we're enjoying the challenge. You know, this is a challenge that we will hopefully never experience again. And there's two ways to look at it. You either sulk and moan and shut the doors or you, you know, open your shirt, you beat on your chest, and you say, let's go. You know, and that's a no context hand classic for, for, for the founder there. Um, but it's true, you know, you have to try and keep the momentum in the sport. I think, actually, our schedule, you know, starting from Usyk, uh, Chisora, to the end of the year, is one of the strongest schedules we've ever finished with. We have no crowd. You know, you're talking about probably 40% of the revenue of a show gone, wiped away. So again, it would have been easy for us to go, look, we're going to lose bundles of money. Let's just relax, do a couple of shows and, you know, just let, let, let this blow over. Not willing to do that. Want to be more active than ever across all our sports here. Snooker, darts, boxing. We're doing more events than ever. And I think that's a, a credit to the business. What do you, um, in retrospect, after seeing Alexander Usyk's performance against Derek Chisora, do you think he's got work to look? Styles make fights. Derek's very, very durable. But what was your ultimate take on, you know, you have a share in promoting Alexander Usyk, don't you? What was your take on, on his first legitimate heavyweight performance? I think he's always going to be undersized as a heavyweight. You're right, styles make fights. Against a more technical fighter, he's probably going to be more effective. Against a rugged, durable brawler like Chisora, you know, it's going to take him a little bit of time to sort of get over that and, and, and adapt. What Usyk does so well is, he was under fire for three rounds, wasn't he? Just adapted. He didn't start... He was under, under yeah, but, pressure. But what he did was, he was you know, he went from boxing off the back foot to actually controlling the middle of the ring and saying, I can't keep doing this because I'm getting walked walk down. I'm getting beaten up at times. So I need to stand my ground. He hurt Chisora badly in the seventh round. I don't think the big heavyweights will necessarily look at Usyk and say, oh, this guy's a danger. But what he is, he's going to be very difficult to beat because the only way Usyk's going to get beaten is when it's almost not on a level playing field. I mean, it is because once you reach that weight at heavyweight, you know, it's, it's, it's all in, isn't it? But the only way he's going to get beaten, he couldn't get beaten at cruiserweight. No one's going to beat him at cruiserweight. But as he fights the bigger man, you know, who has the sharp combinations, you know, the power, the speed, the movement himself, then it's going to get very difficult for him. But what Chisora did well, you can let these fighters like Lomachenko and like Usyk 
dictate the pace and just keep you thinking, keep you thinking. And they drain you. Tony Bell, you said it. You know, see, after six rounds, I was exhausted because I was looking at his feet. You know, he was using his right hand to sort of take me off my rhythm. Chisora showed no respect for that. Yeah. And as a heavyweight, what you can't do if you're AJ and go in there and start boxing and fencing with Usyk, you have to show him no respect. You have to walk him down, you have to back him up and you have to try and beat him up. The one disadvantage Usyk has is he doesn't carry, carry the heavyweight artillery of, you know, Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, you know, these big hitting All heavyweights. Tyson Fury comes no, to true. He's a 19-stone yeah, man. True. You know, you know, and, he knocked Wilder about, didn't he? Yeah, so. for sure. So, you know, that's, but what he has got is bundles of skill, great movement, tremendous feet. And he's a danger, you know. I'm, I'm, I think Alexander Usyk's going to give every heavyweight in the in the world mm. a tough, tough fight. So, you know, be interesting to see how that plays out in 2021. You mentioned just now to me uh, before I started recording with the audio that Conor Ben's going to headline um, the, the the White Povetkin mm -hmm. card now. Um, Joshua and Pulev, have you, you know, is the decision made on how it goes ahead, where it goes ahead? Um, you're going to carry on at Wembley Arena, I understand. You're yeah, not going to go well, to the O2. We haven't completely decided yet, but you know, the thought behind going to the O2 was to try and get four or 5,000 people in there. Obviously, that was pre-lockdown. We'll still keep pushing for that, but it does start to look unlikely. If we can't get a crowd, you know, we've taken over Wembley Arena for six weeks, it would make sense to place that fight in there. It's, we've, we're fully built and mm -hmm. we've got a great system in place. But, you know, literally, it's event by event by event at the moment. You know, mm -hmm. we are... Alexander, uh, sorry, Alexander Povetkin got COVID, you know. Then on the same day, someone else got cut. Then that next morning, someone else got injured and then you replace the fight. So literally at the moment, you know, you are just, anything can happen. So I'll probably finish this interview, go in the office, there'll be another fight falling through. You make another one. You know, he goes for his COVID test on Friday, fails his test. Now we've got a show in Florida this week with Devin Haney against Eurokis Gamboa. They all tested yesterday, the entire card negative. You know, it is just, you know, boxing gives you the greatest highs, but it also can kick you in the proverbials at any time. Normally, there is a 5% chance that on fight week, you may lose a fight. Mm. Now, there's a 50% chance, mm. you know? So actually, you just have to keep smiling and laughing because the other day when we had three fights fall through, in the end, I just started laughing to myself. And I said, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. So, you know, just solve the short-term problems, keep going, but we must keep the momentum of the sport going. Um, one of your golden peacocks in America, you mentioned there, Devin Haney, mm. fantastic fighter in a really sexy lightweight division now where you could pick eight people and have an eight-man tournament that would be better than anything in the world yeah. almost. It's virtually the strongest uh, weight class, I think, now. Um, obviously, Yuri Orkis Gambo, a very experienced um, he lost Terence Crawford and Javonta Davis last time out. Mm. Is this an opportunity on Saturday for Devon to show his wares, you know, when there's going to be a big audience mm -hmm. watching this? For sure. I think that people just presume that Devin Haney is the next Floyd Mayweather, but he's never boxed anyone at the levels of Eurokis Gamboa. And actually, last time out, although he damaged his shoulder, he didn't look great. So, you know, for people to say after Tank... Javonta Davis struggling with Gamboa really let's be honest I mean he, Gamboa ruptured his Achilles in the second round he mm. went 12 rounds to the 12th round with Tank and had a lot of success I think this is a massive test for Devin Haney you know and, and it's a bigger test because I know Devin Haney he will want to set the world alight on Saturday mm. do you know what I mean he won't just want to go out there and you know get the victory he wants to make a statement he wants you and the fans to say Haney can beat Lopez Haney can beat Tank because they're the mega fights in 2021. You know, you've got 
that, that. You're going to be looking to make those fights for with Aaron? Sure, yeah. And with. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Devin wants some more. Don't forget, yeah. Devin was chasing Lomachenko with a WBC mm. till they made him franchise mm. champion. There's four kings in the division Tiafimo Lopez, Javonta Davis, Devin Haney, and the winner of Garcia against Campbell. That's the last king. But they've all got to keep winning and keep making statements. Very tough fight for Luke Campbell coming up against Ryan Garcia yeah, in your Great view. fight. Great fight. I mean, so many unanswered questions about Ryan Garcia. But loads of questions have been asked of Luke Campbell. Although he fell short against Linares and Lomachenko, one of the best lightweights in the world. Obviously, fantastic amateur pedigree. Growing in confidence under Shane McGuigan. It's a proper test for Ryan Garcia. I think a lot of it comes down to how good is Ryan Garcia. You know, Luke Campbell could might just wipe the floor with him. We might if, find he's not that level. Yes, yeah, but yeah. if he is, then yeah. it's a very tough fight for Luke Campbell There's as well. There's no one on Ryan Garcia's record yet we can no, truly no. compare. But you know, to the, it's the same with Devin Haney almost. Yeah. Yeah. You know, maybe he stepped up a little bit 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 more than, than Ryan Garcia, but they're both guys that carry a lot of ability, a lot of hype. Now it's time to find out. Final couple of things, Eddie. Um obviously um next weekend, uh, the weekend after this, you've got I think this is again you're breaking new ground. You've mm. got Ebony Bridges coming over from Australia, uh, Rachel Ball, you've got um Miriam Gutierrez challenging Katie, Katie Taylor, Taylor, Terry Harper against Terry Harper. Manager, yeah. I mean Three women, mm. three world titles, yeah. top of the bill. We're, we're in lockdown. Yeah. Uh, it's at Wembley Arena. Yeah. There'll be a massive audience mm -hmm. online. Um, women's boxing has grown hugely during the lockdown, and you've been a huge part mm -hmm. of that, I must say. Um, does it please you to be able to put something historic on as well during this time? I don't think I can ever remember. I don't think there's ever been three women's no, world titles. No, I don't think there's card, been two. There? I, I, don't, I mean, there probably has been two, but not very frequently. But this is, just shows you where women's boxing has still got a long way to go. Mm. I've seen a couple of articles lately about, you know, oh, some of the women aren't getting paid as much as the men. It has nothing to do with that. Each fight is based upon the commercial value of each fight. And right now, some women's world title fights have the same commercial value as a good men's British world title fight. Do you know what I mean? So mm. you've got the stars that are earning considerable purses. Katie Taylor, Clarissa Shields, Brackhouse, you know, even Terry Harper going to those, those kind of levels now. But there's still a long way to go. Next week will show us where we're at. We what, with numbers on number. TV? Yeah, I mean, look, Katie Taylor's a huge star. It's pay-per-view, yeah, is back, it? No, not, no, it's no, not no, normal sky. Okay. Yeah, coming off the back of, of a pay-per-view event where she boxed Pursun, you know, in front of a huge audience, if she can help deliver huge numbers for that card, yeah. all of a sudden we can move a little bit more to you know, more interest. Because the more interest there is in women's boxing, the better the purses will be, the bigger the opportunities will be. But the, you know, the distance we've covered in such a short space of no, time... No, it's extraordinary. Phenomenal. I can never remember it being no, like this in women's no. boxing. Um, final thing, obviously, um, Tyson Fury, you offered up Dillian White's Tyson yeah. Fury because I get Cabayel, certainly when we're speaking now, still has not come forward. He's, we know he's the named opponent for, for Tyson Fury and he's got a contract, but... You know, it's, he's had it 48 hours yeah. in the time we're speaking and he, he hasn't sent it back yet. Um, do you, are you optimistic that Fury will fight the week before Anthony Joshua and that we will move to this mega fight in 2021 yeah, I mean, that look, boxing and the world will want? The reason that we offered Dillian White is because, you know, twofold. Number one is Dillian White's been in camp for nine weeks. Yeah. He wants to fight. He's a worthy challenger for the WBC world title. Um, and... 99 actually changed that. 100% of the people would rather Tyson Fury fight Dillian White than Ajit Kabaya, right? It's unquestionable. So that's why we put that name forward. 
Yeah, but 100% um, of the people probably rather um, Anthony Joshua fight Tyson Fury right now. Yeah, but that's right not happening, now. is it? Yeah, you know, yeah. We know AJ's fighting Pudev yeah, and yeah. Tyson Fury's fighting. Yeah. If he's looking for an opponent, fight Dillian White. That's yeah. what I put forward. I mean, there isn't one man in the world or woman on the world who wouldn't say, I would rather he fights Dillian White than Ajit Kabayo. Do you have any sleepless nights, though, over Pulev and Joshua and it all going wrong? Because it, it, yeah. But when, when you experience things, Gareth, it, things become less painful and you know when we experienced Andy Ruiz beating AJ it was just completely soul destroying mm. so now we realise we come back stronger and realise it can happen you know if you're not 100% on the ball you can get beat so you learn from that experience and I've seen AJ adapt all AJ's thinking about is Kubrat Pula we know 2021 I'm sure will bring two fights with Tyson Fury but we can't look at that right now. Pulev is, Pulev is not Ajit Kabir, right? He's a big, dangerous heavyweight who is a top 10, probably top five heavyweight. He has one defeat on his record. To Vladimir Vladimir, yeah. He was an outstanding amateur. He punches very hard. This is a tough fight. So we've well, got to a keep massive focusing. opportunity for him. Course, it's massive. Course, as yeah. it was for Andy Ruiz. And he's waited patiently for it in a yeah, weird way, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, for you know? sure. We all yeah. have. You know, yeah. so... Let's get that fight over the line, let's secure a victory on December 12th, and let's make the mega fight in 2021. Great to see you, mate. Thank Cheers, you very mate. much. Thank you. Yeah, All right, mate. Yeah, brilliant. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt. Razabani for IFL TV in association with MTK Global. With me today on Zoom, got my man Case Ashfat. Case, firstly, how are we doing? Not bad. Always a pleasure being on, on the call with you. <laughs> How's uh, day four of lockdown going? Oh, it's tough, man. But luckily, I, I, I can still train in the gym, which, which helps in the boxing gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm I'm only really here at home on the weekends. Mm-hmm. So through the week I'm over there training still. So in terms of that, it doesn't affect anything a huge amount, which is good. Case, okay, so, uh, it's been a couple of weeks for you to kind of just gather your thoughts, um, look at kind of what went wrong. Uh, your first professional defeat kind of shocked a lot of people because everybody thought this will, you know, with with Leach obviously fighting normally at a lower weight category, they thought this fight was ideal for you. You've sparred before, you know each other very well, but kind of what went wrong for you? Um, it was just on, I don't, I don't like to make excuses, you know, all, all you know, uh, all credit to what, you know, he managed to achieve on the night. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a few little factors that I don't really, I don't really want to. Like I don't really want to, want to make excuses, so I've not really said anything really. But the main thing is that I do want that rematch, and uh, I do believe that I was still the better fighter in the night. Um, he got lucky with a couple of moments, um, and second knockdown for me shouldn't have been counted. And with that, I'd have probably won the fight, but. What's happened, happened, you know? He seemed a lot bigger on fight night. Uh, he seemed more filled out. Um, seemed like he, Me, was he did. Yeah, Mark. Yeah, Leach. He, he felt a lot... He's a big bantamweight. Um, he's, he's not... He's, he's a good-sized bantamweight. As you could see, even height-wise, I'm, I'm quite tall for, for a super bantam. And height-wise, he wasn't much different to me neither. So he's a big bantamweight. 
But um, no, nothing, nothing. I've been honest with you, nothing really affected me in terms of him so much. Like, even at first knockdown, it wasn't so much his power. Um, it was more I made a mistake and I fell straight into it. And uh, like, as you can see, both knockdowns, they were very scrappy. Second was shouldn't even be a knockdown. That shouldn't have been counted. But the first one, only, the only reason I accept the first one is because even though it was scrapping and close, there was a shot over the top that he threw. Um, so that, that, you know, that, that, that made sense to why the ref called it a knockdown. But it, it wasn't so much that he was really, really strong or anything. It, was, it wasn't so much that I was, I was even hurt. It was more the first one, especially just caught him by surprise. And that was it. Um, nothing really in terms of mark affected me. Um, and that's why I, I, want, I want the rematch because I feel like on my worst night, on his best night, it was still a pretty close fight. Um, I like to say there were contributing factors to me not performing. As you could, as you know, everyone's been telling me when when they watched the fight, just just didn't let me at all in there. It just wasn't me, and that's you know that just shows how if it was me, and it, I'd I'd perform the way I, the way I can, and I beat him all day long. But you know, he had a very very lucky night, and that's what he put it down to. You say you wasn't happy with the lockdowns. Um, we saw his frustration on your face when the referee was giving you a count. But did he at all give you any explanation on on, on anything on the knockdowns and why he gave out the knockdown? Because obviously you weren't clearly happy with those decisions. I didn't see obviously I didn't see, see the referee afterwards, but um, I don't know. It felt like all night it was on my case. <laughs> it was it was seemed to be very. I don't know for for whatever reason he was he was very much on my case even even through, throughout the fight when I was thinking I've never done that but I'm getting warned what am I getting warned for I, half the time he warned me I didn't know what I was getting warned for but like I say what's happened happened for me like I'm, I'm a very religious man a religious man anyway so I do believe what I was meant to be meant to be um, I still believe like I say I was a better fighter on the night um, when I watched it back. And I scored it myself. It was a, a, a close fight, and like to without a knockdown, I should have really won the fight. And funny enough, I looked on BoxRec to see the scores um, of the fight on the night, and I didn't know this until I, saw, until I looked at BoxRec. But there's three judges, and then there's two people scoring the fight from outside the ring as well, or just outside the ring. Um, and them two just outside the ring had me winning. So it shows how close the fight was. Um, but yeah, like I say, whatever's happened happened for me. I don't make no excuses. Um, for me, he just had a lucky night, and, and on my worst night, on his best night, it was still a close fight, and I still think I should have nicked it without, without that second knockdown. Um, but yeah, like I say, we move on. Um, I'm looking forward to getting back in the ring as soon as possible, and uh, making the wrongs right. And uh, I still believe I'll, I'll, I'll get to the top. I have firm belief and faith in that, so I'm looking forward to showing that. You mentioned you rewatched the fight. Um, did you look at yourself and watching it and thought, you know, I did that wrong, I did this wrong? Were there things that yourself you, you think you could have improved on? You know, that's the thing with a loss, right? Um, you'd probably, you're a bit more critical of yourself. I'm critical of myself anyway, um, but with a loss, you're probably a bit more critical in many ways. Um, and yeah, for me, I've probably learned more from that um, all the wins just because when you win, you're thinking, yeah, I'm doing everything, I'm doing everything right, you know. 
when you look, when when you, you do take that first loss, it's like what happened? What 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 went wrong? And uh, and you're very quick on every little thing. Then, so yeah, I do believe it's a it could be a bit of a a major learning curve, really, because like I said, I've, I've, I'm a lot more critical now. And actually, I'm looking forward to showing what I've seen in that fight and the, the little things that maybe I'd shrug off before in terms of things I need to improve on. But now I'm concentrating on every little bit. I'm looking forward to showing that in, in, in the next moments, hopefully. Obviously, I know you made quite some changes uh, in your team at the time with bringing Angel Fernandez in. I know you relocated to Loughborough during the week as well. But how did kind of Angel assess the fight and how did he say you did with your performance? He was very similar to me. Um, there were mistakes that I made. Um, so it was, but the thing was, for, for, for me and him, the thing was we've only been working together for three months. Um, so in a 10-round in a fight, maybe the things that I'd hit or we both wanted me to do, um, sometimes don't, don't, don't come across, especially when you get tired, you get fatigued. Um, you might go back to what you used to do. And I believe that's what happened in, in parts of the fight. Um, but yeah, like I said, we've only been working together for three months, and uh, there's no um, change for me and my team from that because of that performance. Because I still do believe he's right now the best uh, coach for me, and uh, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm sticking by him. And um, yeah, with a bit more time together, I believe the improvements that we have been making will, will show even more, and it will a lot better fight. I know you're travelling back and forth from uh, from Leeds to Sheffield, uh, Leeds to Leicester uh, weekly. But Loughborough, yeah, Leicester, same thing. Come on, case. Stop that. But are you changing anything in terms of anything else? I know you're not changing the dynamics of the team, but in terms of you know strength and conditioning, box, learning boxing, sparring, are you doing anything different now uh, that you didn't do before? It's just technical stuff. When you say before, do you mean in the last camp or last camp. do you mean uh, the coach that I left? Or? No, the last camp that you just had with Angel, the first camp, this one. No, yeah, like I say, it's, there's a few different changes, but it's, it's, it's mainly just technical stuff, really. And the more I do the technical stuff, as, as you know, repetition is, is key. And uh, the more I'm doing the things, the more it'll, it'll come out when, when, when it's needed and It'll be second nature, and that's what I like. To say when we've when only been working with someone for three months, and you've had a what you've been, I've been boxing for about 19, 20 years, and I've only worked with Angel for three months. That just shows there that you know you, you might go back to something that you used to do before. Um, which, I, which to be honest with you, in that fight, it wasn't so much a bad thing because for me, like I say, most of the rounds I was winning, he got them two knockdowns, which one lacks, one shouldn't have been knocked down, but they were scored either way, so, so that's nothing I, I can do about that now, um, and that's what won in the fight, so for, for me, like I say, in, in terms round by round, uh, but the knockdowns got him through, um, so yeah, like I say, well, it's, it's just little things that we're working on that will come, they'll definitely come with just a bit, with a bit more repetition, I'll be able to show it in, in, in my performances. In terms of the team behind you, I know you got you've you recently joined Two Five Eight, Angel, Eddie. Is the rematch unanimously what everybody wants? Um, yeah, I, I believe so. Um, in terms of Two Five Eight and my coach and all that sort of stuff, yeah. 
Um, and I, as like I said, the first interview I had, I said straight away, I want, I want the rematch. Um, but yeah, whether it's going to be made or how hard it's going to be, be, be to make it, that we still, uh, we yet to see. But um, I'm hoping we can, make, we can make it as soon then, so I can, you know, uh, right that wrong and move on, basically. We know Dylan White obviously got uh, defeated in, in August. He was he jumped straight back in the rematch, which which has been cancelled. And, and some people say it's a blessing in disguise and it gives him a bit more time to kind of just get himself in, in the best possible shape. But for you as well, with, with the lockdown coming, more restrictions, um, a lot of fighters to get out for Eddie as well. Do you want to kind of take your time before you want to go in the rematch? Kind of, you don't want to jump in the rematch in January, February. You want to just wait a few more months to give you that time. Yeah, I'm happy with whatever the team decides. Um, like I said, I want the rematch. Whether it's now, whether it's in two, three fights, I want the rematch. So, uh, like I said, on that night, it was just everything. The way everything went just wasn't meant to be. It was just like I say, as you can see from the performance, there was things behind the scenes that just didn't go right, and. Just it was just on that one night that it wasn't meant to be. So for me, even if I had a boxer the next day or the week after, I'd have beat him. But it was just that one night where the way things went and just saying like just the way things went, it just, it just felt like it wasn't meant to be as well. You know, I look back on it later on. But like I say, I'm a firm believer in God and I believe in God's plan and I'm, you know. We can't judge that plan, and you know, everything, everything happens for a reason. Do you think Mark wants his rematch? I don't know. From what, like I say, from what I know of Mark as a person, um, I don't see why not. Mm. Um, he's a very much. He's 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 he's, he's game for a fight, you know. Um, whether him seeing how the fight went, seeing how it wasn't me in there. And thinking he might not be so lucky next time. I don't know, like I say, but I, I, I do believe Mark will want the fight. I like to say that that's just, that's just speculation, though. He might not, his team might say no. I don't know, but uh, I want the fight. That's all I know. <laughs> yeah, no, of course, absolutely. Guess uh, wish you nothing but the best in preparation. Obviously, uh, with hopefully, hopefully you get the rematch. Um, wish you continuous health and safety as well during this. Crazy COVID nineteen and the lockdown that we've got. Uh, I appreciate giving me jumping on this afternoon, giving me a little bit of your time, uh, and uh, we'll catch up with you very soon. Next next time we have an interview, we'll be in, in high spirits. I promise. One hundred percent, of course, without that. It's actually I Thank you very much. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO, free, impartial advice on all your debt.